Welcome to the Grace Community Church Podcast. We are grace for everyone, community for everyone, church for everyone. We hope that as you listen to the message from this past Sunday, that your heart is encouraged and you find yourself being drawn to Jesus wherever you're tuning in from. We are so grateful that you've joined us and pray that you'll be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Welcome to the Advent table. Each week we have been lighting a candle and reflecting on a passage of scripture as we prepare for the coming Messiah. And perhaps you have a wreath set up at home where you've been lighting with us and you'd like to take a moment to light the third candle. The the candles of hope and peace have been burning bright all week long. And what beautiful gifts these are to us, hope and peace. Our prayer is that hope and peace have settled into your heart and life this week as you have been waiting for Jesus. And tonight we light the third candle. Our reading this week is from the Psalms, chapter 36, verses 5 to 10. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. We pray that you would know this love in increasing measure as Pastor Shea shares about the gift of love. Hi and welcome. If we haven't met before, my name is Shay. I am the children and community pastor here. And today I get to bring you one of the Advent um, series. So, or one of the Advent sermons. So our Advent series has been all about the gifts that Jesus brings. And something about me is I love giving gifts. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I just, I feel like I'm pretty good at giving gifts. Like. I can know when someone needs something or like w- what they want before they say it. Um, but one thing I'm not good about is waiting. I, when I buy a gift, I just, I want to give it to someone right away. I don't know if you've ever done that where you've bought a gift and you're just so excited to give it to someone that you just, you can't wait. Maybe you ask them like every day, like, hey, do you want it? My husband gets a little... You know, sometimes he's like, stop asking. So I'm like, do you want your Christmas gift early? Like, I see something that happens. I'm like, oh, your Christmas gift would be great for this moment. Um, but yeah, I'm one of those people who just loves giving gifts and lo- wants them to go early. And I think maybe it's the anticipation of the reaction and of the excitement of the preparation and that it just takes time. And I just, I always hate waiting and just being in the middle of that, like, just can't wait. But being in the Advent season reminds me of the importance of slowing down, the importance of preparation, and the importance of anticipation for the arrival of the greatest gift, the Messiah, Jesus. And if you're watching along our Advent series, you'll know that we are setting aside four weeks to tune our hearts into the greatest gifts of this season. These gifts are hope, joy, love, peace, not in that order, but (laughs) 
Um, each week, we are unwrapping one of those gifts, and we light a candle to signify that gift and allow it to burn bright in our hearts as we wait for the greatest gift that has been given, Jesus. And we read this scripture every Christmas, and we'll read it each week as we anticipate his arrival, the prophecy from Isaiah, more than 600 years before the birth of Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born, for us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is the greatest gift ever given. And he brings other gifts with his arrival. Pastor Cody and Pastor Austin have already unwrapped the gifts of hope and peace. And this week, we unwrap the gift of love. And I love love. <laughs> um, love is just, yeah, just something I, I love so much. Um, I was so excited when Scott, Pastor Scott gave me this one for Advent. Um, I don't talk about it a lot, but all my tattoos are um, like fruits of the spirit. Um, well, most of them are. And one of, like, the first one I ever got was 1 Corinthians 13, 13. The greatest of these is love, just that end part. Because when I learned how important love was, my life really changed. And I'm still learning how to love in all situations, but the motivation and best role model I've found for my love of love is Jesus, our Savior who came so we would know love, sacrificial love. The Savior came that we might have love. We call Jesus the Savior because he was given so that we would know our creator. This is why God sent his son. And okay, so one of the common, I'm, I'm a kid's pastor, so one of the common um, things that we say like when we're talking about God sending his son is that we needed a rescuer and God sent his rescuer. So it's such an, easy, an easier way to kind of understand that we need a rescuer from the separation that we had, that we have from God. In the beginning, when Adam and Eve got us kicked out of the Garden of Eden and out of harmony with God, God could have slammed the door on humanity for making this not great choice. But instead, we see love through grace. In John 3.16 and 3.17, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him through Jesus. Jesus came to this world not to judge and look down on our wrong choices that humans make because we make them, but to offer us something so much better, love and eternal life. Before this um, John 3:16 became, you know, just kind of on every mug, every t-shirt, every calligraphy sign, um, before it was such a popular verse, we actually see the scene that was happening right before there was a man named Nicodemus. He was a teacher of Israel, a ruler of the Jews, and a Pharisee. And, you know, the Pharisees were these, like, law-abiding people. And they weren't a huge fan of Jesus. But Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, most likely to not be seen as he talks to Jesus. Um, but basically... He came to talk to Jesus about the miracles and his teachings that he had been doing and saying that they knew he was from God for this, which was kind of, you know, not what, not kind of what all the Pharisees were thinking. And in short term, Jesus talks to him about believing and being reborn in spirit by this belief and having eternal life. 
the assumption can be made that Nicodemus would have had kind of a narrow mind, um, being a Pharisee and a rule follower to the T. Um, he would have this thought that God only loved his people, but Jesus was sent for the whole world. That's where John 3.16, um, people, like, there's kind of this, like, scholars and people have said it could be another thing that Jesus said, or it could be John's, like, from the entire, kind of his, like, oh, I forget the word, but just um, saying, like, what what had happened and, like, kind of interpreting everything into this John 3.16. And that Jesus came for the whole world and not just God's people, right? Not just like um, Nicodemus's people. So John 3.16, we can sometimes miss the gift of love and in the interpretation that so God loved us so much he sent his son, which actually turns it to kind of like a self-centered interpretation because like, oh, God loves me so much, which is no, we're going to get into it. I'm not saying that God doesn't love you because he does, and we're going to get into it. But when we read it as, as this and have this context of how God loved the world by sending his only son, it puts the focus rightly to God. So God loved the world so much he sent his son. It reveals to us about God and the nature of his love, about how his love is boundless and selfless, gracious. And it's not because he needed us that God loved us this way, but actually because we need him. And my favorite part about this verse is that people know the 316, but they don't really know where live the 317. And Nicodemus was among people who were judges of what was right and wrong. And um, to have this part confirmed that Jesus, who did amazing things, came down from heaven to save all of us, not to pick and choose, but to offer the gift of salvation. And through that gift, the gift of love, God's love, of the world, humanity, his creation, that he made this plan to redeem us through Jesus and only Jesus. Not by how much I do or how well I judge other people's lives or how many times I attend church. God's love was made tangible to us through Jesus, a love that goes beyond our grasps. God gave the gift of love to the world. Now, like I said, we were going to talk about how God loves you. And this love is specific and it's personal. He loves you as an individual. He's your creator. He did not make you by mistake. No matter what your view it might be on Christmas or Jesus or God, I hope you understand that you are not on this earth by mistake and that God loves you. And the love that God has isn't just for everyone else, but it's specifically for you. God does not just love the world collectively, but he loves us uniquely. And how amazing to know that even when we feel like there may be no love for us, God gives us love. Sometimes this unique love shows up in a friend, maybe a caring family member, in the beauty of nature, in a calm, warm breeze, in the joy of giving to others, in a quick conversation with an Uber driver that leaves you feeling so encouraged beyond anything you felt before. And that's getting a little more um, specific to my... (laughs) my own experiences of a God's love, but you get it. You're smart. God's love comes in glimpses and it's unique. And when we spot it and we slow down our lives, when we slow down our lives to see and appreciate God's love, like this Advent season encourages us to, we can see how much God cares for us, that he would send the only way to connect with him through a small human baby boy. 
So let's talk about this caring aspect. Sometimes I think we can be really self-focused. We can be so far into our own assumptions um, that we don't think God is caring. We don't see care in the fire hose of information we get from our phones and from media. Um, that, but we can be reminded of this care from Jesus's words. When Jesus was talking about worry, he reminded his disciples of how much God cares for us. And this is Matthew 6, 26, where he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And later on in 10, 29 to 31 in Matthew, he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. So these are like, sparrows are very cheap. They're not like the most important bird, but God cares for them. And one thing I find um, is I connect with God in nature. And actually like one thing, if you haven't heard about it, it's called like the nine pathways. Um, and it's like a little like quiz that helps you figure out the best best ways you connect with God. And there's so many different ways we connect with God. But for me, I find nature is something that really um, gets me connected to him. And it helps me to remind myself of the care God has for his creation and that it thrives, that my worth is in God for he cares for me and he loves me. When I read the scripture for this verse, the for, for this sermon, the first time around, um, I instantly thought about my Auntie Wendy and one of her favorite hymns, um, his eyes on the sparrow. And before I get into this, I would like just to be known, um, my husband is like obsessed with the Gaithers and he loves hymns, but he didn't know this hymn and I did. Like obsessed to the Gaithers to the point that it made it to my top five of the Spotify wrapped and that was wild. So I just want to put that on record that I knew that before he did. <laughs> but my Auntie Wendy, she would play this at Christmas time or it would come on the radio when she was driving me to church. But listening to it now and knowing what I know now, it's a reminder of the security we have in God's love. A love that is loyal, a love that is intentional. A reminder from the scripture that God cares and his love is specific to us. Even in times of uncertainty, when we don't know what's going on, we don't know the next step, we know that God cares for us, for he has cared for all things he created. Why would he not care so wildly for you? The God who created the mountains and the stars created you. I don't know. Like, that's amazing to me because, like, I grew up in Alberta and it's just mountains are insanely massive. And we would camp in the mountains and we'd see the stars. And just to, like, think of, like, <laughs> like it's just, it's crazy. And it's one of the great mysteries of our God that he can be at the same time so majestic and all-powerful, speaking the entire universe into existence. And in the same moment, he can listen to us as children. He can listen to our prayers and be with us in our time of need. He is omnipresent, which means he is all-present. He is both enthroned on high, worthy of worship, crowned in majesty, yet he draws near to us in our time of trouble. Which is so hard to wrap our minds around sometimes, I think, but he gave us this palpable example to help us understand this part of who he is. And that example is the incarnation, Jesus. The incarnation is the perfect picture of this because he would come to earth born of a peasant girl in a backwoods town in the middle of an occupying government census, born not into a palace, but to a feeding trough. 
leading the wise men by star and the shepherds by glorious hosts of angels. Even in all the magnificence of God, he comes to us in our darkness and despair. He comes to us in our muck and mire and in our poverty and need. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son has been given. The son who came for us to know true peace, true hope, true love, and true joy. God's gift of Jesus is for the whole world, which includes you and me. His care for his creation is seen in nature and in the smallest things. His care and love for each of us is intentional. With the act of sacrificial love coming to earth as human to create a way for connection once again. What a gift. What a gift that he gives. Jesus came to earth for you and me. Not because we are better than everyone else, but because he came for all people. These people that he knows the good and the bad and calls us worthy. Worthy of the gift of salvation through Jesus. An individual love that we were able to access through the greatest love he has gave through the short life of a small baby boy. God gave this gift of love to us. God gave love to the world and he's given us this gift of love to us. So what do we do with this love? This love that is for us and for those around us? Well, we are meant to spread this love to those around us, to everyone around us. We can rest in knowing we are chosen and loved by God. But it doesn't end there. When we know God's love, there is something in us that longs to share that love with others. In John 13, 34 to 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I don't know if there's like a counter for how many times I've said love so far, but it'll be pretty high. <laughs> This love God gives us through Jesus is an action. With the Advent season, maybe you have different ways to show and let the love of God spill out from you. But what about March? What about April and July? This gift of love is one that keeps giving no matter what time of year it is. And if we follow Jesus and we say that we are his students, then people will know us by this love, not just in the Christmas season, but throughout the entire year. This past October, um, the pastoral team and I got the opportunity to hear from a lead pastor from Montreal. Her name is Patty Miller, and she talked about the art of neighboring. And one thing I really took from her is how she challenged her congregation, the people in her church, to carry Jesus out into their week. Her challenge, and one I want to give you as well, was if someone asked you what you did this week, are you going to tell them about what happened at church? Are you going to tell them about something Jesus has done in your life? Maybe sharing how the Advent season has inspired you. These are different ways that we can show love in easy, easy like moments, in small moments um, that open doors to share the love of God even more. So how do we show love, especially in this season? By being generous and generous and sharing with those who may not have as much as we do through Christmas hampers, the cheer board, giving to the food bank. Maybe inviting someone who you know may be alone to share a Christmas meal. Sharing the love with others and regular conversation. There's so many different ways, and maybe you're thinking of one now of how you can show the love of Jesus. And maybe it's simple as being a neighbor that goes above and beyond and not expecting anything in return, but because you're simply fueled by love. Now, my parents are a really great example of this neighborly love. Um, as for as long as I can remember, probably since I was like eight, every year there's been at least like two or three people who aren't 
related to us um, or anything like that, but they just didn't have anywhere to go for Christmas. And my parents would invite them for the meal. And I have a small family. It's me, my mom, and my dad. And we would have a large table every year. And I don't know if they realize how generous this simple act of inviting someone who would be alone is and how they were showing the love of Jesus in that moment. Now, 1 John 4, 11, 12 um, talks to us more about love. So let's get into it. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So in this verse, there's four uses of love. Three are using the verb form of agape love, which is the Greek word agapeo. And the last is agape, unconditional love. So the action being carrying the sense of doing goodwill towards others. So again, in this verse, since God so loved, like the action, he loved us in action, we ought to love in action one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other in action, we will see God lives in us and his unconditional love is made complete in us. So doing the right thing, um, for the right reason, or in other words, loving someone like a friend is something that can help us to understand this. Loving someone without conditions. This verse is saying that when we put love in action from the Spirit, then we're able to have God's love made complete in us. And if you feel like maybe you're missing something um, this year, it might be putting love into action, however that might look for you. And a lot of times when we um, do things that are not that are selfless that actually like does a lot for us and I think people forget about that especially in this age where we do a lot of things for ourselves but doing things for others really is like showing love so the greatest commandment um, is what Jesus said love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself so this is also another example of love as an action word. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind is an action, something you do consciously. Loving your neighbor as yourself is love as an action. Love that we get given from the greatest gift from our connection to God, Jesus. So if you have ever been around me or you know me or you've ever seen me anywhere, really, um, you'll know that I love people. I love people so much. I'm, I'm an extrovert. Sometimes people joke that I'm the extrovert on staff, but I, I love being around people. And one of my reasons for this is that I get to see God. I get to see God through other people, how he made them so unique. And getting to see glimpses of God through the people I meet is something I just, I treasure. We have never seen God, but we can see him through the love we show one another. How amazing that this gift of love is made complete in community and through his creation. In 1 John 3.16, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Sometimes love is uncomfortable. Sometimes love is living out the sacrifices because of Jesus' sacrifice. But most often, love is acted out in everyday compassions because God's love flows through you. 
My hope is that you're challenged in how you might share love, the love of God in this Advent season. You know, the best gifts are the gifts that keep on giving. The gift of love through Jesus is a never-ending gift that we can unapologetically re-gift. The whole Christmas season could be explained with one word. Can you guess the word? Love. He came for love to show his love, that we might know his love, that we might share his love. The greatest gift given in Jesus, the greatest gift given is Jesus, and he brings us love. So we unwrap the gift of love and partake of it, not just for ourselves, but in order that we might share it with the world. Now, as we go today, um, I'll give you the benediction. And will you just be blessed in your week? And as you prepare for Christmas, will your heart just be reminded of the love God has for you and the love that you can give to others? So may you live with light of love in these, day, in these coming days. May love call forth the songs you sing. May love enliven your celebrations. May love be with you. And may love surround you. May you know deeply May you know deeply know the abundance of God's steadfast love. Amen.